What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. Hey, this is uh, part two. I did part one in the morning service. Now, here's the deal. If you were in the first service, you're going to be like, this guy is against the gifts. <laughs> you're going to be like, this guy here doesn't believe in the gifts. And then the, if you just hear the second service, you're going to think, man, this guy's full on Pentecostal, Holy Ghost fire, right? And guess what? I am both. I'm a Baptocostal. You can't contain God. He can't be put in a denomination. He's bigger than that. And so you're not going to get this second message without the first. They go together. And I felt led to do two different messages today. And so again, please watch the first one. It's really, really important, but I don't have time to review. So we're just going to get into this. Quick announcement. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Also, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, please. We have the fiscally fit class coming on finances. Al is leading that. It's going to start promptly. The information's in your bulletin. And it's right there. So, again, like I told the first service, if you are here today and eight months later you come to benevolence to the church and say, I need some help, I'm going to say, hey, were you at that class? And you say no, and then I'm going to say, hey. I'm kidding. We want, you know. But this is the problem. A lot of times people come for help because they don't want to handle God's money God's way. And that gets you in trouble. Okay, so we want to teach you how to steward what God has given you because everything comes from God. So please be at that class. As always, at the end, we'll have prayer partners here. If anybody wants prayer, um, we have communion off to the side. So make sure you don't flippantly take it. We believed in the, the priesthood of believers here. You are a priest because of the blood of Jesus Christ and you have the Holy Spirit in you. Um, and so you can take communion on your own, but don't do it flippantly, meaning don't just do it ritualistically because scripture says that some people have gotten sick and even died because they took that in a disrespectful way. Does that make sense? So please honor the body of Christ and the blood of Christ and how you take communion. All right, Jeremy, if you can throw up the, the three types of gifts and again, um, we started off in, in um, 1 Corinthians 12, 1, which <clears throat> it says, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed. So it is not God's heart that we are an uninf- uninformed people around gifts. Gifts have caused division. Gifts have gone wrong. Again, please watch the first service. It'll be sent to you. It'll also be online for you. And so this is part two, all right? So here we are in part two, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. It says, each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So gifts are given for the good of the church of Jesus Christ. Gifts are good things. They're good for the body. The scripture says they're good. 
Here's the reality. Depending on what you've experienced, you may be afraid of them. Oh, I don't want to go there. That gets a little weird. Scripture says they're good. They're for our good. And so I don't know about you, but man, I want things that are good from God. Yay? Okay, good. You're in the right place. Three types of ministry. So we talked about the ministry role gifts. Again, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and shepherd. Um, Apostolic. It doesn't mean you're part of the 12, but what it means is you have an anointing that is like, the Greek word means sent one. You're sent to plant churches. You're sent to start new ministries. You have an entrepreneurial type of focus where you want to build back better. That was a joke. Help me, God. We need you, Lord. We need you. Every hour, we need you. And so that's what these are for. Then there's motivational gifts, which are listed. Motivational gifts, yeah. Some people take a vow of poverty where they say, hey, I'm only going to live off X amount, and whatever more I make, I'm going to give to you. One of my buddy owns a, 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 a company, um, actually, Nutramedics. It's out of Jupiter. It's a for-profit company, but 50% of the profits go to the kingdom of God. So he's given away over $10 million, and and he supports missionaries all over the world. And his goal in the next five years is to give $10 million away. So he's still a for-profit company, but 50% of the profit goes to the kingdom of God. Yay? Now, that's this. That's this. This is a motivational gift that I'm going to go without so that others may have. What's God leading you to do? Some of you are going to start businesses. Man, you might want to think about that. Don't think about it. Pray about it. Celibacy. Right? Singles. (laughs) Like, I hope I don't have that gift. Well, if you're thinking like that, you might not have it. Anyway. (sighs) Manifestation gifts. That's what we're talking about today. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, words of knowledge, healing, signs and wonders. These are manifestation gifts, meaning that the Holy Spirit is moving and he's, and he's going to manifest himself through you. He's going to come through you. And again, these things are good. Uh, Jeremy, if you could put up the COVID picture, please. Now, look, I'm not throwing any shade here, okay? I don't do that. I'm just giving some facts. This is done by Cleveland Clinic. And it's a chart, as they've done in-house, peer-reviewed by doctors, testing staff members that have had the COVID shot and have not had the COVID shot, and those who get COVID, okay? The black line at the bottom are the people who never had the COVID shot, and they are the least likely to get COVID. The top number, you can't see it, but it says three doses of the vaccine. The more doses you get, the more COVID you get. Again, Cleveland Clinic, peer-reviewed. This isn't fake news, but you won't see this on the news because the news is fake. With that, with that, next slide, please, Jeremy, with the five, the fivefold. Actually, don't, don't, don't put that down. Um, just hold off a second. Let me, let me finish what I'm talking about, COVID. How many of the church prophets in America missed COVID? Pretty much all of them. 
that have the gift of prophecy. I, I, has anybody seen a YouTube video where people predicted that there's a pandemic that's going to that's gonna cover the whole world? How, you saw one? Robin Bullock. Okay, I don't, remember, I don't know Robin Bullock. But anyway, so we have one. How many other ones? Most predicted the opposite. Blessings. God wants this is going to be a year of, right? So maybe, maybe, maybe someone got it right. That's cool, right? Lance Wall now predicted Trump would be president where everybody was mocking him. And he wrote a book about it, by the way. Before Now, okay, the first, I'm talking about the first term. <laughs> he wrote the book in 2015, okay? Lance Wall now did. He didn't write a book saying he would be elected again, by the way. So Lance has some good stuff. But how many prophets got that wrong? A lot did. So, why am I saying this? I believe in prophecy. I believe the prophetic in the prophetic. I'm going to talk about that. But man, we've got to learn to test prophecies. We've got to learn to hold fast to what is good. The prophets didn't show up. Now, in this church, I had a person come to me and ask me, should I get the shot? And I said, listen, man, you're claiming you're going to lose your job if you don't get the shop. Man, I don't know. I, I'm not under that pressure to lose my job when I got a house payment. But I personally wouldn't do it, but I'm also not in your shoes. That person got the shot, had ear issues, other issues that happened because of the shot and all kinds of stuff have continued to come. Ever since then, when somebody asks me, Chris, should I get the shot? I've said no. I've said no. Because God has revealed to me, don't do it. No jabby jab. Does that make sense? What if our church had a prayer meeting around, should our church get the shot? So again, no condemnation, no judgment. I know people in here have shot. I'm not talking about that, but I'm just saying when we look at the stats and the statistics, guess what? It didn't work. It didn't work. Prophecy. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God says, I'm going to raise up a standard. Are we looking for that standard? Hey, man, this is something we've never dealt with before. God, what are you saying? What are you doing? What do you want us to do? Does God want to speak to medical stuff? Yes, he does. James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Call the elders. They're going to anoint you with oil and, and confess your sins if there's any, and you'll be healed. That's what scripture says. But a lot of times we don't believe in scripture, and so we get sick and we go to the doctor first instead of going to the church first. Again, no judgment, but Scripture doesn't say go to the doctor first. Don't walk out of here being legalistic. You get a migraine tonight. You go get Advil, and all, all of a sudden you remember what I said, and you're like, oh, God, forgive me. I took an Advil. I didn't go to the elders. Don't do that. God's not a God of condemnation. He loves you. But at the same time, we don't obey James chapter 5. And a lot of times it's because we don't believe that. We believe the doctors over God and what he says. Case in point, 
I'm wearing glasses now. And as I was preparing my message, I kind of was convicted. I'm 45, no glasses, I'm straight. 46, no glasses. People start coming, hey, bro, it's going to happen. When you hit 50, you're going to need glasses. You're going to need glasses. Talk about words have the power of life and death. Okay, I'm going to need glasses. I'm going to need glasses. I'm going to need glasses. And all of a sudden, I'm like this. I need glasses. And what do I do? I go to Costco. And I get glasses. And God just reminded me, hey, you're going to bless a church today for James chapter 5, and you just went to the doctor to get glasses. You never went to the elders, Chris. So elders, I'm going to, at our next elder meeting, pray that I can get rid of my glasses, okay? Forgive me, Lord. But my dad is not mad at me because I just did what I was trained to do in America. Does that make sense? It wasn't a lack of faith. It wasn't, God's not upset with me because I went to Costco, because I was having trouble reading, because I believed you're going to need glasses, you're going to need glasses, you're going to need glasses. Oh, it's a matter of time. You're going to need glasses 150 times. (laughs) Okay, let's go ahead and put up those pictures, Jeremy. So, church, we sent you a test, and these are... This is the test for our whole church so far. 90 people as of Thursday took the five-fold ministry test that we sent out to you. And as way of reminder, just because your test says teacher, it doesn't mean you're a teacher. A test can be off. But a lot of times, it's really confirmed. I'm looking at Mike Tutwiler today. And when he took the test and me and him texted back and forth and we shared the results, right? I agree with the test. I see that in him. Now, as he took the test and he says, hey, this is what it is. And I begin to affirm, yeah, that's your gift, Mike. You are a teacher. You are an evangelist. All of a sudden, the test and the confirmation from the body of Christ says, yes, now let's get you in that place. Let's get you in that place. It's time now. It's time now. And many of us don't know what our gift is, and that's okay. And here's the report, 76% shepherds, that's good. Brianna, this place is known for love, good. That's shepherds, they love really, really well. Thank God for the shepherds, especially since I'm a prophet, and a lot of times I blast people. And they walk out of here bleeding. Give them a hug. Give them a hug. And by the way, I'm a partial prophet. We'll get more into that later. Teacher, Teacher 59, Apostle 49, Evangelist 46. Here's the problem. Only 90 people took it. So those of you who haven't taken it, please take it. Because we're going to call you and say, okay, that's your gift. Now, where do you want to serve? Hallelujah. You're going to use your gift for his glory. You're going to use that gift to build up the church, which Ephesians chapter 4. Jeremy, the next slide on that. It's awesome. We have a readout on everybody's thing. Go ahead and take it off. Take it off real quick. I don't want anybody's information getting out there, but we got you. We know what your gift is. And if I see you burying that treasure...
Gifts are good. They're from our Father. Verse 8. 1 Corinthians 12, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. New King James says, word of wisdom. What's a word of wisdom? Keep going on the same. It says, and to the other, a word or utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, capital S, that's capital S, that's not small s, that's not your Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit moving through you, gives words of knowledge and words of wisdom, what's the difference? Thanks for asking. I want you to turn to James chapter 3. Keep your place here. We're always coming back. This is our main text for the day so that you're following along. It's important that you follow along as we grow in the word of God. So you see, and the reason why I have you turning to places is because you need to fact check me because I can be off, I can be deceived, I can be wrong. I received a wonderful email from somebody today, uh, this past weekend that is a teacher, and there was pushback on some of the stuff that I was saying. And so I said, hey, thanks for coming. Here's what I meant to say. Here's what I believe about this. And it's been good dialogue going back and forth. And as we go back and forth, we're not fighting. We're both becoming stronger because we're being pushed to what we believe and why we believe. And because they're a teacher, I become a better teacher because I'm thinking through how I should communicate out. So as a prophet, I need the teachers to check me on my stuff when it's whack. Amen? Elders, I need you to help me if you think I'm off. My heart is never to be off. I would rather die than be off. I would rather die than be off and miss the heart of God on the word of God and cause someone to stumble. James 3, this is a a word of wisdom. This is what it's going to look like. 13, who is wise and understanding among you? James 3, by his good conduct, show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart. My way, my way, my way. Do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. You might want to highlight that. That means wisdom comes down from above. It's manifested so that you can walk right. And live right. In fact, when people are saying it's my way, when they're false to the truth, that is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. You might want to highlight that. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, again, selfish ambition, me first, my way over your way, That's demonic, potentially, according to this scripture, verse 15 here. So this is why humility is extremely important. If if that exists, there's going to be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above, the manifested wisdom of God from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So man, when I get manifest the wisdom, it's how should I move, God? Give me wisdom on how I move. 
give me understanding on how you want me to address this situation. I want to be meek. I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be open to reason. I don't want to be my way or the highway, which, by the way, that's my tendency. Pray for me. And again, my way or the highway, I usually have scriptures, right? Like, like that's a big deal to me. It's what the word says. That's, that's why I can come across my way or the highway. But I really have just this high love for scripture, and you should too. But I can come off wrong and not, and not in wisdom. You know, when they came at, at Jesus, and, and again, um, Acts 10.38, it says God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. God was with him. He anointed him, and he went about doing things. When they asked Jesus, hey, give to Caesar what, uh, uh, should we give this to Caesar? Jesus responds back with a manifestation, with a word of wisdom that says, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. They marveled at the wisdom that he walked in. And remember what Jesus said, I don't say anything unless the Father says. As I hear, I judge, right? Manifestation of the spirit of wisdom on Christ, moving through Christ. Jesus was very gifted by the Holy Spirit, and guess what? So are you. And this is a gift. It's a gift given to the body of Christ. Some of you keep running into the door, bumping into the, 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 the help me with my analogy here, God, the coffee table. In how you walk out, you need somebody to say, hey, bro, help me to come with me so I can teach you how to walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom and understanding. Walk in James chapter 3. Let's go back to to, um, Scripture here. It says, and to the other, a word of knowledge, 1 Corinthians 12, according to the same spirit. What's a word of knowledge? Well, we see this operating in Jesus. He's with the woman at the well. And again, he says to this woman who wants the living water, he says, hey, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. What was that? That was a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is you know something about somebody. You're reading their mail. Wisdom's how you flesh it out and how you move in the spirit where you're, you're wise and, 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 and how you respond. But a word of knowledge, oh yeah, that's reading somebody's mail. You know what's going on in their life. And Jesus read her mail and said, hey, the guy you're living with is not your husband. In fact, you've had five husbands. And she's like, oh, I guess you're a prophet. Yeah, I am a prophet. <laughs> Jesus would, would say that, yeah. Yeah, I am. She wanted that living water, but we we had to deal with some stuff first. You can't be walking in unrepentant sin and living in unrepentant sin and still get that living water. And Jesus brought that up to call her to repentance, and he did that through a word of knowledge. I've had that happen to me a number of times. Sometimes it's been good and encouragement. But other times, I've been rebuked. We need to cry out for this gift. God, give us words of knowledge. God, give us wisdom, manifestation of your wisdom so that we walk and we live right in a way 
that is the right spirit. We do things in the right spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. Man, against these things, no law. And we move in that because we have wisdom coming from above. Coming from above. We've got words of knowledge that we sometimes need because we get stuck. We get stuck. And people can speak things into our life. And we really needed to hear that. This happened in Acts chapter 5 with Ananias and Sapphira. And Peter said, who told you to lie to the Holy Spirit? And then they died right there. How did people, Peter know that? That was a word of knowledge that was given to Peter. Listen, God may want to give you the gift where you operate with words of knowledge. That God may download things. I shared the story last week of a time I was praying for somebody to be healed. And God gave me two words of knowledge that I had to confront them on. And then they were healed. They were in sin. And there was a word of knowledge that came that needed to be confronted Because most people think God wants to heal me. Well, what if your sickness is allowed because God's trying to get your attention? And if you don't repent of that, why would he heal you? Again, John chapter 5, Jesus heals the guy and he says, stop your sinning or something worse will happen to you. That's Jesus. That's God. That's a warning for us. Now, does it mean every time I'm sick or, 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 or something, uh, that's because I'm in sin? No, it doesn't mean that, but it could be. And that's why we say, God, search me and know my heart. See if there's any wicked way. Is there anything in my life, God? It could be the enemy. It could be just COVID. It could be. Because some snotty-nosed kid breathed all over you in the after-school program, and now you're sick with the flu. We live in a fallen world, but we don't know what it is, and that's why we depend on the Holy Spirit. Is there anything, God, that would block and stop you from answering this prayer? Isaiah, it says this, God's ears are not too dull that he can't hear. His arm's not too short that he cannot save. But because of your sin, he separated himself from you. Wow. Man. And when we walk in rebellion, we're at a very dangerous place. When we hold unforgiveness towards a brother or sister in Christ, Ephesians 4 says that the sun goes down on your anger and you give the devil a place in your life. That was written to Christians. Verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, to another faith by the same Spirit. I want you to keep your place here, and I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12, 3. KJ, start listening now, bro. I'm getting into your neck of the woods here because I think your gift's coming, baby. All right. And again, this is why it's important. Some people just go to church on Sunday morning and they don't know what their gifts are. But listen, the people that are in house churches or 
are, are, are in small group Bible studies, men's Bible study, whatever. Look, I, nobody's trying to guilt you into being at church seven days a week. But here's what we are. If you're not in community with the believers of the body of Christ, man, how are you going to know what your gift is? And a lot of times when needs arise, the gifts come forth because there's body ministry that's going on. Gifts are given for the body, for the body, not for you to become Mr. Super Apostle. Romans 12, 3. For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Hello. So right now, for those of you who have looked on a faith healer, have looked on a mighty man of God, bishop this, apostle this, reverend this, and you said, man, I want their faith, repent. Repent. God has assigned a measure of faith to you with your weird little nose and your funny hairdo. He has a, he has a measure of faith assigned to you. This is why we don't compare. We don't get gift envy. Oh, I want that gift. No, don't do that. God, help me never to do that again. I wish I could sing like that person. No. You sing like you sing. Maybe we might turn the mic down, but you just sing like God told you to sing. Quit trying to be Whitney Houston. You be you. And so faith is assigned. It's assigned. It's assigned. Now, faith also grows. It grows. So in the kingdom, a principle is, who's faithful with little, God gives what? More. As we begin to step out in faith, David, I killed the bear, I killed the lion, and now this Philistine, I'm going to cut off his head. He just didn't roll up on the Philistine. It started in the field where he was on his J-O-B serving his dad under authority and the enemy came and boom, there goes the lion. Boom, there goes the bear. And that faith built upon faith. So when he saw the Philistine, who is this guy speaking against our God? I'm gonna chop his head off. (laughs) Faith builds upon faith. It's a principle in God's word. Quit looking at anybody else. Here's a question. What was the last thing God told you to do? Did you do it? Did you do it? Were you obedient? What's the next thing God calling you to do? Are you obedient? Faith grows when we step out. And keep in mind, we don't become prideful because God's appointing a certain measure of faith. And we need to pray for more faith. God, I don't know what you've assigned to me, but help me to believe, God. Help me to believe. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Now, if you've prayed that, that's a good, that's a good biblical prayer. But maybe, just maybe, God might be wanting to move you to quit praying that all the time. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. But maybe start quoting what Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. God, I want that faith. I don't want to stay stuck in the I believe, help my unbelief. Just maybe. 
See, people sometimes can look at me in a sideways way, and they're like looking at me, and they're thinking, man, that guy might have a certain level of faith, right? Because there's some things that, that we've been able to do that God has been able to do that have been pretty, pretty miraculous. Now, you weren't there, though, 20 years ago when God led me to live off $10,000 a year and to trust him with that. While my wife was becoming pregnant, while somebody was giving me a scripture verse that says, hey, if you do not take care of your family, you're worse than an unbeliever. But yet I had to go back to God's word and I had to listen to his voice. And he kept saying, Matthew 6, 33, keep singing the kingdom. His will, his righteousness is my motive right and what you've called me to do, God. And so one month, two months, three months, her belly's getting a little bigger with CT. And I'm saying, God, I made more of it public. So I'm going to quit this ministry and I'm going to go get a job to take care of my family. Again, scripture says, Well, then all of a sudden, this person came up and said, hey, I want to support you. This person came up and said, hey, I want to support you. This person came up, said, hey, I want to support you. After that first year, man, I was rich. I was making 24 grand a year. Never asked anybody for anything. They just did it. And I saw God fulfill his word, and I haven't looked back since. But guess what? That was the lion. Then we had an office where... We prayed, and I didn't tell anybody about the office. And then the last day the money was due, somebody gave a check for 90 grand. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. There goes the, the bear, right? And then we get T-hop. We don't have any money to fix up. And so we're just going to step out in faith, right? And then we, we fasted as a church, and somebody gave, showed up with a $100,000 check to start off the project. Wow, that was Goliath. And by the way, T-Hop is Goliath. Can I, can I just get a witness? But it's going down, baby. We're going to cut off the head. But that's 20 years, guys. In reality, here's the reality. Here's the honest truth. Oh, God, I should probably be here, but I'm here. Oh, me of little faith. But faith is a gift. Now, Let's keep going. Another gift, verse 9, 1 Corinthians 12, is a gift of healing by one spirit. So you have the gift of faith, and you have the gift of healing. So I want you to see this. I want you to look at me, please. My gift of faith is here. Well, compared to Jesus, my gift of faith is here, okay? But so you can see me. Say my gift of faith is here. My gift of faith and healing is like here. Why is that? Because I don't trust God? No, I trust God. I trust him. I've trusted him with my life. I believe God can heal. He's healed through me. But you know what my ratio of healing is? It's like one for 30. That's not a good batting average. That's not a good shooter. I don't have the gift of healing. Now, here's the deal. At any moment, at any time, God can heal through me. But, but, KJ, raise your hand. If you need healed today, I personally would go to KJ because he has more of a gift of healing than I do. And, and guys, listen, 
This is why God gives gifts to everybody, right? Jesus walked in them all. But we are the body of Christ, the literal body of Christ. Remember last week, he is the head, and we all have different gifts. At any time, any one of these manifestations can come through you. Like, even if you don't have the gift of tongues, sometime God may speak through you and give you a tongue to somebody speaking a different language, and they understand exactly what you're saying. Don't ever put God in a box and say, that's not my gift. But... Your gift should have a proven track record. You say I have the gift of evangelism, but yet nobody gets saved. I don't know, bro. Or maybe you've been burying your gift. Maybe you haven't trained properly. Maybe you're not throwing out the fishing pole, trusting that he's going to make you a fisher of man. And so we're called to fan these flames, these gifts. Gifts of healing by one spirit. Look, there's a teaching, a doctrine in the church of Jesus Christ that I've got to address right now. That God wants to heal everyone. I understand where it says in scripture, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Are there any sickness in heaven? No. So therefore, one could assume God doesn't, he wants to heal everybody. The issue with that is scripture. The issue with that is the demonic. The issue with that is timing. The issue with that is what is God doing? Now, God is a healer. It is who he is. Yeah, he wants to heal, but... But, uh, you're, some of you are looking at me funny. Turn to Psalm 119.75, please. Because it really doesn't matter what Chris says. God uses sickness. He uses suffering. The enemy attacks us. And healing our heart to Jesus is more important than healing our physical body, by the way. It's the heart, the heart, the heart. But look at Psalm 119.75. It says, I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. God afflicts people? Yeah. In his faithfulness he afflicts us at times. So in Job's life, Job, covered with boils, Life falling apart, but here comes somebody with the gift of healing, walking in the anointing of God. But they come in chapter 15 to Job. I declare in Jesus' name that you are healed, that you are healed. Get up. Oh, well, you must not have had enough faith, Job. No. That's somebody who has a doctrine that says God heals everybody, but they're off in their timing. God didn't heal Job until around chapter 38. So when we say God heals everybody, timing's in this thing. Also, 2 Corinthians 12, the apostle Paul was afflicted by Satan. A messenger of Satan to buffet him. And scripture says that God gave him that. 
so that he wouldn't be prideful. And so, hey, Paul's coming to the church. He's going to come up front. I'm under spiritual warfare, brother. I'm under spiritual attack, brother. Okay, in the name of Jesus, I command you, Satan, to go. I command you, Satan, to leave. And we're praying against the will of God. Because God's trying to break that person and humble them. Job comes forward with boils. And we're in chapter 15. We're not in chapter 38. When he shows up and restores everything. And we are not in tune with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Somebody comes forward for healing and maybe, just maybe, they're walking in unconfessed sin and rebellion against God. And God says, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. Maybe it's a situation, again, where they're disobeying Scripture and they let the sun go down in their anger and now the enemy has a place in their life. And we're praying for healing against that and we're praying against the very will of God because we're not discerning or hearing God. This is why anybody says they understand healing, they don't, they're lying. We don't understand healing. We may think we do, but there's complications that go with this because every situation's different. And unless you're depending on the Holy Spirit to move. Mark chapter 6, case in point. People were offended at Jesus in his own hometown. Hey, we know who this guy is, the carpenter's son, blah, 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 blah. They were offended. And you know what scripture says about Jesus? Who is God in the flesh? It says Jesus couldn't do many mighty miracles there. Only heal a few sick people. What if in this church, people were offended at one another? Maybe you're offended at me and you've been carrying offense against me. That offense might be grieving the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're offended by the elders. Maybe you're offended by who knows. And that grievance that you're holding, that judgment, that bitterness is grieving the Holy Spirit so that God can't do things in this place that he wants to do because of rebellion, because of sin. What if somebody in here, right? Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It's like the oil dripping down on the beard of Aaron. It's there God commands a blessing. And maybe God wants to command and a blessing in this place, but we are not humble enough to be unified because we're prideful, we're arrogant, we don't submit to the word of God, we walk in rebellion, we have a low view of people, and it just grieves God's spirit. And maybe somebody was going to get healed today, but they're not because of us. Again, Mark chapter 6, Jesus couldn't do it because of the people. Healing's complicated. But guys, it's still a gift. So if you have the gift of healing, please come see me. When somebody comes forward, I'm sending them to you. But we want people alongside of those with the word of knowledge so that, hey, bro, listen, this is what's going on. You got to repent of that. Here's the flip side of healing, by the way, that it doesn't depend on us but it does depend on us. Jesus said, let it be done for you as you have believed. And some people do not get healed because they don't believe. That's true as well. You see what I'm saying? This is a complicated thing, and I'm running out of time. The point is, healing is a gift. It's a gift given to the body of Christ. At any time, God can heal anybody through you. 
But these other things are important because sometimes the Holy Spirit's grieved. Does that make sense? All right. Verse 10, another working miracles. Miracles? Why don't we see miracles? Why aren't people healed with, with shadows? Again, hey, maybe it's us. Maybe it's us. But I've seen God do miracles. I've seen him do signs and wonders. I've seen him do it. And it's, it's like you can't, you can't talk me off of because I've seen him show up and do amazing things that are, that are not humanly possible. But again, we might not see them because it could, it could be us. And it also could be, hey, God's not doing that right now. Uh, John Wimber, who planted Vineyard Churches, God kept saying, hey, pr- call people forward, pray for healing. And I can't remember how it was. It's been a long time since I read his book, but it was like a year went by. Nobody got healed. And finally said, God, I'm not doing this anymore. And then somebody was sick at the hospital. They called him to pray. He's like, I don't even know why I'm going to go pray for this person. Nobody ever gets healed. And that person got healed. It didn't depend on his faith. Remember Peter getting let out of prison? And he showed up to the people who were praying for him to get out of prison, and they didn't believe he was at the door. No, that can't be Peter. He's in prison. Faith! Healing? This is why we got to be a humble people. God's going to do what he wants when he wants. And hopefully, I can see it. Miracles. Miracles. Verse 10, he gives another prophecy. Prophecy. We'll talk about that in a little while. Another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. So Jude, verse 4, says this, certain people have crept in unnoticed in the church. Meaning, people come in here and they creep in unnoticed. And because the gift of discerning of spirits is not an operation in the church of Jesus Christ, all of a sudden false doctrine starts to happen. All of a sudden, immorality starts to happen. Defilement starts to happen. Rebellion starts to happen. Accusations start to happen. That's all listed at Jude. You can read it in your own time. Actually, it was in the first service. I broke it down and went through it. Can we distinguish between spirits? This is why 1 John 4 says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see whether or not they're from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so we need to be discerning of spirits. It's why Paul said to the church in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11, 3, he says, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit, small s, if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. We don't want to put up with that nonsense here. We want God to expose anybody that's peddling false doctrine in this place. We need people that would raise up in their gift of discerning of spirits so people are not led astray. Verse 10. To another, various kinds of tongues. 1 Corinthians 
12. To another, the interpretation of tongues. It's, it's, it's why we just want to say, hey, here's this tongue. Is there an interpretation? Is there an interpretation? Right? Like, we, if that's given to a big audience, we just want to say, okay, yeah, we believe in this. This is written. Tongues are real. God gives tongues. But we also want an interpretation. But there's also times with tongues where there's not an interpretation. Case in point, there's times where we, we pray in our spirit in tongues where you're just singing to God. And Paul's going to talk about this in chapter 14, of which we're not getting to today. There was also a time in my life where I was overcome with just serious, serious depression. And I had a guy just come and lay hands on me. And he started to speak in tongues. My doctrine at the time was he shouldn't be doing that without an interpretation. After I got over that, all of a sudden, a cloud lifted off my life. And I was filled with a joy unspeakable. And I never knew what he said. But that wasn't from the stage. From the stage, again, 1 Corinthians 14, you need to have an interpretation from the stage. But sometimes there's ministry sessions that happen where God will give a tongue. He'll give a word. He'll do things. Okay? Does that make sense? I know this is very controversial. And I'm already one minute over. Verse 11. We'll spend more time on the, on the tongues things later. I didn't give it enough time. And these are all empowered by one and the same Spirit. Capital S means the Holy Spirit does this through the church. There's not one verse where it says God's not going to do this stuff anymore. It's not in the Bible. That is commentary. That is man making up doctrine from their experience or lack of experience. All of these things are active, and they are for today. Sometimes they get sloppy, sloppy agape is what I call it, because we still have our flesh. We can still be immature. So God apportions, verse 11, to each one individually as he wills. He chooses to give these gifts. He says, I'm going to give this gift to this person. Right? I'm going to give Toby this. I'm going to give KJ this. I'm going to give Bill this. And when we come together collectively, it's beautiful. Because we're depending on one another. We don't have the rock star. Amen? And who gets the glory? God. God. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says this, Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So some of us need to repent because we've not obeyed that verse. I don't know who you are, but God does. He's going to get you because he loves you. (laughs) He loves you. He wants to overwhelm you with his gifts. He is a good God. It says earnestly desire the gifts. And you may say, man, I don't have these. Well, here may be some reasons. Number one, maybe it's because of bad doctrine. And I'm sensitive to that because I grew up in a church that taught me the gifts are not for the day. 
So I grew up thinking that God doesn't do that anymore. That's only in the Bible. Until I started reading the Bible, and I thought I realized that philosophy doesn't come from the Bible. Jesus says this, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more with your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Gifts are for the body, they're for today. Ask him, ask your dad. That may be why you have them. Maybe, just maybe, you're asking for it and you don't, maybe you're not asking for it. So the, the first thing, it's maybe because of bad doctrine and theology, and that's why we're going through this. The second reason is maybe you're not asking for a gift. James 4.2 says, you have not because you ask not. In fact, go ahead and turn there. You have not because you ask not. Maybe you're just not asking. Dad, what's my gift? What's my gift? Show me. And maybe you're asking, point number three, and this is my final point, and we're done. I promise. Maybe your motive's wrong. Maybe you're asking and your motive is wrong. See, look at James 4, 3. You ask and you don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions, you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever wishes to be a friend of God, a friend of the world, makes himself an enemy with God. Wow. So am I asking so that I can become... Uh, Jeremy, go ahead and throw the Reinhardt Bunky photo up there. It's a true story here, guys. One of my heroes, Reinhardt Bunky. There's a there's over there's millions of people at this crusade in Nigeria. He's like the the Billy Graham of Africa, but he's like you know, I mean, just amazing, right? People coming to Christ, getting saved, amazing stuff. So he's doing this thing in Nigeria, okay? Those are all people, and I have this in my wall, on my room, and Reinhard Bunke's in town, and Bill Hobbs takes me to go see him in Orlando. We drive up there, and you could pay 50 extra dollars for an impartation. Oh, I want that. You know, at, at the time, Bowdown was like 12 people. I want, I want more than my cousins and them coming. I, I want that. I want to be the next Reinhardt. When you ask, you ask wrongly to spend it on your what? Is that God's vision for my life? No, it's not. You are. You are here. Now, he may call me to do that someday. George Mueller dealt with orphans his whole life. And then when he turned like 70-something, he went around the world 16 times preaching the gospel and doing revivals. So I'm not 70 yet. But my motive for the impartation, and this is why sometimes in the body of Christ, impartation services, people can get demons. This is, and I know that messes with some of your theology, but I've talked to ministers that deal with inner healing work. People have gotten demonized because they want the impartation, they want the gifts, they want the, the Holy Ghost, they want to be the next Reinhardt Bunky, and they're full of pride. 
I want that. Ooh, remember what happened in Acts chapter 8? The Simon the sorcerer said, can I buy that gift from you? And Peter said, may your silver and your money perish with you. Cursed of God. To think like that, you can buy the Holy Ghost. And so listen, not all impartation services are wrong, but some can be wrong because they need to be done like this. Hey, I believe God God wants to give gifts today. I believe he wants to pour out his spirit. I believe he wants to give an impartation, but why do you want it? Do you want it so you can get a, an apostle title? Do you want it so you can walk around like I'm a prophet? Do you want it because you want that? Or do you want it because you want to die? So that Christ and Christ alone can live. A seed must die. And if our motives are off, if our motives are off, man, that's, that's where the enemy can come in and traffic. So I prayed, God, don't give me any gifts of healing unless my character can handle it. I don't want one person to heal if my care, if I think it I might need to fail for a few more, more years to really believe, apart from me, I can do nothing. I've memorized a verse, John 15, 5, but I might not believe it all the way yet. And that's okay. I don't want one person to be healed. I don't want one person to be touched. If, my, if I think I had something to do, help me to die so that you alone can live through me. Motive. So maybe you don't have gifts because of bad doctrine. And I pray you would read scripture today. And you would just say, okay, you know what? I, 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 I see these gifts. They're for me. I want them, God. So maybe you just haven't been asking. I pray you would ask today. And maybe God hasn't given you gifts because your motive is still all about you and your kingdom. May I decrease. Or excuse me, that's wrong. May, I in, may he increase. And by default, I decrease. There's an, there's an order to that verse. Ooh. Boy, I'm really enjoying this stuff. I don't know if you guys are, but hey, it doesn't matter. This is fun. So God, I pray, worship team, come on up, that you would pour out your spirit in this place. The manifest presence of God would fill every person. God, we just call forth the gifts that you have for us. May our hearts be pure. May our hearts be right. May it never be about us, God. May it be about you. May it be about your kingdom. May it be about the furtherance of your kingdom, God. No flesh glory in your presence, God. Would you just awaken your bride that you are a good father and you desire to give good gifts to your children. You're not going to give a snake. You're not going to give a stone. You're going to give good gifts. It's what you've promised. Help us to believe you. Help us to believe you. And some of us have said, Tongues are weird. I don't want tongues. Forgive us for that. We want what you want to give, God. Forgive us for gift envy or wanting something someone else has. Bring us to the place where godliness with contentment is great gain. And no flesh glories in your presence. So Jesus, I'm asking according to your word that you would allow these gifts to be to arise in this place. That you would manifest your gifts, God, so that your people walk, 
walk in the Spirit just like you did, Jesus. Help us to worship you now. We love you, God. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.